Good morning. It's Tuesday, April 21st, 2015. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 160. My name is Chris. My name is Noah. What? I'm in studio. Hey, Noah, it's good to have you here. Uh, how you feeling? You good? I'm good. Thanks you're not for like, me. You're not, you're not like in the middle of that, like, that travel lull where like you've been here for a few days and the schedule's caught up with you and the fact that we pulled like a 24-hour shift the day before last and then had to do last, like that hasn't caught up with you at all? None of that has happened. You're doing okay? I'm doing all right. Oh, very good. Very good. Well, I'm glad you are and I'm glad you're firing all cylinders. We have a bunch of stories to get to, but first, let's bring in our mumble room. Time-appropriate greetings, mumble room. Good day, folks. Hello, guys. Man, I've missed you. It's uh, I'm glad to have you. How many people we got in there? No, I know you're not even looking, but what do you say? Like a dozen we got in there today? Five? I, I would, haven't even looked. I would say that we got, have... Noah? Hey, Noah, could you maybe uh, speed up a little bit? Three, yeah. Four, five, six, yeah. seven, uh-huh. eight, nine, ten, yeah. eleven, twelve, thirteen. Wow, that's people not bad. In Ooh, the lucky room. thirteen. All right, well, then, uh, since I was... I wasn't sure which way we'd go, but since we're on lucky number 13, let's start with a story that gives me chills, and that is your friend, your buddy, everybody knows him, Raytheon, is going to plow $1.7 billion into a new cyber venture. The defense contractor is buying control of WebSense, which will be the core of its new cyber defense operation. One of the largest defense contractors in the world is getting big into cybersecurity, an area that all of our audience pays quite a bit of attention to. Raytheon is paying the equivalent of more than four to five times WebSense's annual sales, a pricey multiple for the defense industry. But they think it's going to be big. What do you think, Noah? Is this the new uh, arms race here? Is yeah, this like I, the money grab? Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, honestly, this is actually the first I've heard of it. How bad is that? Well, this just happened. It was just announced. Yeah. So I, it's, to me, what, what, when you hear uh, companies like Raytheon getting into this, mm-hmm. what that signals to me, the overall message there is that uh, cybersecurity, hacking, uh, all these things that we are hearing in the headlines now are starting to become big, big money. And this mm-hmm. is going to become a big area for the defense industry. And uh, one of the biggest players in that industry is now in. Not much more to say other than that. But I think it's kind of worth noting. For those of us who followed computer security, and some of us who have even been involved in the computer security industry, uh, This is sort of a a major, major step. There was a time early in the computer um, penetration testing type work Mm -hmm. where it was not even really considered legitimate work. Yeah. Like you kind of had to like make the case for it. That was when I was in it. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, in fact, I remember when I really first started, I I, kind of really had to kind of do it under the radar a little bit to find stuff to make the case that, hey, look, when I was poking around, I found these things. We should do a full audit of ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I kind of had to start really small and sort of break the concept in. And now... Now, just what, five, six years later, Raytheon's getting into the business. Right. And that's a big change. Well, we don't have anything like that. Any, we, we didn't have anything like that anywhere else. Like, imagine a bank saying, yeah. we're going to pay somebody to be a bank burglar and try yeah. and break into the bank. <laughs> right, and if you right. can drill through the safe, that's okay. Yeah. You, you know, and so it, it, it's, it, it required you know, a slightly different yeah. Uh, overlook. Yeah, we'll, we'll hack ourselves. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. Hey, didn't you just travel to Baltimore recently? No, I haven't been to Baltimore. Well, Weren't you I, just at Baltimore? Uh, like, I know that was that was Michael Dominic that was there last weekend. You ever been to Baltimore? Now? I have. I hated uh, it. You really? Yeah, it was it was horrible. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, it was horrible. Uh, okay, good. Well, uh, there's a story we've. This is okay. Look, guys, we're not. It's not all going to be bad stories. We're just banging off a couple right off the top because uh, then by the time you leave me, you'll have nothing but warm fuzzies. See, I start with the rough stuff. We get all of the bad stuff out of the way, and then I leave you feeling good. So, Baltimore police have used stingrays for phone tracking of over twenty five. 5,000 times. Why is this in Tech Talk today? Because this is a story we've been following in bits and pieces now for quite a while. The Stingray stuff is where the police set up a... Are you listening to me? Because this mm-hmm. is interesting. You know mm-hmm. about this? Mm-hmm. You know about this? No, I don't. But Boom. I'm you ready for this. God, you need to watch TechSnap. I should. <laughs> you really do. I should. we've been talking about this for like six months on TechSnap. Now, now I feel left out. 
All right, son, listen. A Stingray device is something that the Popo have, mm-hmm. right? And what it acts is like a uh, super powerful 3G, 2G antenna. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's so powerful, it knocks everybody off like the big antennas, like the regular cellular antennas. You switch over to the Popo's antenna, and they get everything. Right, and these are stingray mm-hmm. devices, and they do it in like shopping centers. They do it in like coffee shops. They do it uh, within airplanes. They have like Cessnas, and they fly over with dirt boxes. They're essentially the same thing. They're called dirt boxes. They're made by Boeing, and they fly over with Cessnas, and they collect everybody. They're they're a, they're a mobile cell tower, and they collect everybody in that like city block or those city blocks cell phone calls, text messages, information IDs, everything at once. And these are all the stingray technologies, and the FBI and the police have been going out of their way to suppress any kind of exposure to the public, so much so, they're actually blowing their own cases, that way they don't have to show the evidence they have of, like, the drug dealers and stuff because they don't want to reveal the stingray devices. So the fact that we now know that over 25,000 times stingrays were used in Baltimore is blowing the doors off the information about how the police have been monitoring just regular old civilian cell phones here and there, everywhere. Well, Chris, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Collection. I'm sure that they had a warrant for each one of those. Yeah, each Hey-o. one of those. All right, moving on. Not much, not much more to say to that. Uh, you and I were debating the other, and this is one I'd like to get the mumble rooms take on. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to slow down and talk about more interesting things. Stay okay, pull it back. IPv6. It's a long road, apparently, and it's been a journey that is not very well traveled. And uh, you and I were debating in the car. You think it's only a matter of time, and I say to myself. Never. Never. Mm-hmm. We never need IP6. Maybe on the public internet, but we never need it internal. Now, I wanted to get anybody in the mumble room have a take on the whole IPv6 slow adoption thing. Because there's an article that came out recently that kind of says it's a chicken or the egg problem. Uh, IPv6 is finished. It works. But it's not really a very simple process to roll it out. I mean, kind of, depending on how you roll it out. And making your site or service available on IPv6 only is really helpful to a small amount of people. So there's no real incentive for, like, uh, service providers to turn on IPv6. So therefore, Mm -hmm. there's no real incentive for clients to do it. So here's my question to Mm -hmm. you or the mumble room. What is going to be the catalyst that gets us to move? And will, will, so, will there ever be one? Do you I, want, you I, well, I respectfully disagree that there is not uh, that there is not a catalyst right now. I think we are des- in desperate need of IPv4 addresses, right? And, and I, I iterated this to you the other day, but the, I think the reality is we are we are we are to the bottom. We are scraping the mm-hmm. bottom of the barrel for IPv4 addresses, and I think that we are all shooting ourselves in the foot because we're all standing at the edge of this cliff and we're both looking at each other, going, "You go first, ISP." you go first uh level three you go first but nobody wants to actually take that jump and a a couple have i mean uh, comcast in certain areas is is supporting it and stuff but i think by and large the most people that uh, most isps most companies aren't and i think really we're just doing a disservice to ourselves there's twenty five thousand. i think i'm right on that twenty five thousand ipv6 addresses for each man woman and child right for everyone on the entire planet. Yeah, I think that is right. Yeah. It's something crazy like that. So why would you not want to go to that? There's no need to it. There's no need to. I don't mumble room. Anybody uh, Anybody want to pick up from here? Any thoughts on this? Well, if you're worried about packet sniffers, I think for a while anyway, IPv6 is a good way to avoid those old boxes that people are still using. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Spartacus, you had something to add? Yes, just uh, I... When you're on your uh, consumer ISP network, typically you get one public IP address... Uh, my ISP supports IPv6 over tunneling, and they give me an entire slash 64 subnet, so you can have right. tons of public IP addresses. Right. So every yeah, lights, needs that, every well, let's say you wanted to control these lights, they yeah. can have their own public address. I don't need that. 
You don't need it. Well, what if I want it? No, you technically don't need it either. You could just have a, a port on your firewall through at an IP, on a city right. IPv4. So you have you have a Proxmox box, and I have a a, a SickRage box, and mm-hmm. I want to be able to get to both of those. Now I have to enter in funny little ports after that thing. Rather than just go to you know mysickbeardbox.com and being able to log straight in, I have to enter in. A, I have to specify a port. It doesn't really seem like that big of a deal to me. Uh, for the because I think the complexity that you get with the IPv6 numbering scheme and all of that isn't worth. It. I uh, I can remember and I I remember IP I remember IPv4 addresses that I were entering in, I was entering into computers uh, almost uh, almost 15 years ago mm-hmm. like seriously mm-hmm. I can remember IP 169.204.112.52 that was the DNS server mm-hmm. I will remember that forever yeah I'm not going to remember the IPv6 numbers and I right. and I realize that's sort of a weird reason but at a certain point we have to be able to wrap our heads around the things the technologies we are implementing like we oh, have I to agree. be able to fully understand them I am not I advocating to IPv6 on the public web have added Haas yeah. I don't think inside the land you need it but don't you think it's don't you think I can make a similar argument and say Chris you know what when I come into here I mean all this uh, technology that you have wrapped around, it's very difficult for me to wrap my head around it. So I think we should just go back to shooting things on mini DV. I mean, at some point, you at some I don't, point, I don't necessarily agree because I think uh, it's it's like there is there is sort of a fundamental way like humans can look at numbers. Like that's why we put dashes mm-hmm. between phone numbers and we put dots between the IP addresses because our brain is able to sort of process information. Mm-hmm. It's very common. This is not a this is not an unusual thing. Mm-hmm. IPv6 blows that out of the water, and but it's just part of it. That's just part of it. Uh-huh. That's one aspect of the complexity of the IPv6. But I don't really see I don't see the benefit to really rolling it out widespread. And I I don't think I'm alone on this. I think the reason IPv6 hasn't taken off is because nobody gives a crap about it. Yeah. What's it going to do? Well, I mean, what's what's the big reason? You, what you need to do is get folks like Apple and mm-hmm. all of these guys that are sitting on so many addresses. Class A blocks. So many yeah. that they do not need. Like that 169.204.11. That, that, that school district has 169.204.112 all the way to like uh, 169.204 to 118 or 11. I can't, they mm-hmm. have like a huge range of mm-hmm. addresses that are all public addresses for a school district. They have so, hundreds of public so essentially what you're saying is let's take let's take the existing architecture and shoehorn it into to make it work for our ever rapidly expanding I'm technology. I'm saying what we did is we gave out blocks of IP addresses when we thought we at a, there was a period of time mm-hmm. and see it, this I I remember when we I remember switching over to TCP IP like I mm-hmm. remember transitioning to IP and I remember the thought back then was there are so many of these stinking things. First come, first serve. Take as many as you want. It was exactly the way we talk about IPv6 mm-hmm. today. Exactly the same way. And this is not that long ago. And we said, there's so many. Apple, have a class A. Yeah. Right? Just like right. we're saying now about IPv6. Mm-hmm. We said the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It, it it it's the same story being repeated over and over again. Mm-hmm. It really truly is to me. I, I just I feel like as we can, like I have been in places now where light switches are being assigned IP addresses. That's fine. And I feel but like that can be inside the land. You don't can, need to but, have that light switch on the public internet. Yeah. And we talk about cybersecurity and we talk about how the government has to defend SCADA controllers and mm-hmm. and dams. Yeah, yeah, Why true. are these dams on the internet to begin with? Yeah. And how is this going to help that? Right. Well, I mean, you could always put it. I mean, obviously, the correct approach to uh, security would be to put it behind a firewall, right? Yeah. So I mean. That, and, I mean, but then why not go NAT at that point? 
Well, yeah, there's I mean, there's there's definitely something to that. But I guess going to IPv6 doesn't necessarily mean that people like you would have to use it. And I think this is yeah, basically yeah, the right, conclusion yeah, that we yeah. came to in the car yeah. uh, is that you wouldn't have to use it. You can continue yeah. to translate into this antiquated thing if you want to. But <laughs> I feel like so there's a couple different things is I feel like one, when you talk about needless complexity, we talk about we look at things like MAC addresses. Nobody complains. about Well, some people complain about MAC addresses, but really we yeah. just accept that a hardware address. You don't ever address, memorize uh, You're right. We don't. And we accept that. When you asked me to go around and add these uh, these things in. I didn't say, Chris, this is a technology I just can't wrap my head around because I can't memorize that. Jeez, man. You know, I, I just can't, copy that out. I, I I don't know if it'd be an exact... Do you think it would be an exaggeration? And this, I don't, I'm really trying to wrap my head around this. Do you mm-hmm. think it would be an exaggeration to say the amount of times it has helped you to know the direct IP address oh, of yeah. something in troubleshooting? Yeah. Is it maybe in the billions uh, it, that it's pr- helped you? Quite possibly. However, you know what? You know what number is almost as close to that, if not slightly exceeding that? The amount of times I should have got on my game and set up DNS? <laughs> Yeah, so All right, I'll, I'll ding you on that too. All right, so I, so I, I I look at it. I think you're right. I think it's going to be exa- exactly that a compromise. Old old uh, codgers like me will keep IPv4 inside my little network, and I'll have an IPv6 uh, address hanging off my cable modem, and I'll make a secondary bet. First ISP that's going to roll it out on a large scale is going to be Comcast. Yeah. I think they already are to some degree, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, that's going to be like the only benefit to them being a huge monopoly that crushes all innovation and forces us to have total substandard internet throughout the entire United States, leaving us behind all other countries in the world. I mean, the one advantage is we'll get IPv6. I think what they're going to do, if you ask me, I think what they'll do is they'll convert themselves all to IPv6 yeah. inside and yeah. then start rolling out IPv6 addresses to yeah. the modems yeah. and then start saying, how many do you want? I'll give you a block of XYZ. Yeah. That's, what I, that's how I think it's actually going to hit. Mumble Room, any closing thoughts before we move on to uh, Google Topic? Nat needs to die in a fire. Oh wow! No, wow. No, no, no. Well, I did. There Nat was, has some purpose. I had a period of my time where I was very anti-Nat. I mean, mm-hmm. like when I first got exposed to IP, mm-hmm. every machine we used on at the school district got a public IP address, Nat- and then we had to roll out Nat after the fact. It was very yeah. hard to go. It was we didn't start Nat. We started yeah. all public, every right. printer, every device, public IPs, and then we had to roll Nat out. That's the it way was the internet. Weird. That's the way the internet came. Nat was a compromise. Yeah. Nat was the answer to yep. we're running out of IPs. Yeah. However. I agree with you in the network in the, address translation. Now. Right. Yeah, which requires padding. That's what you takes your one nine that would takes your that's what takes your computer's local network address, your one ninety twos, your one sixty eight, the little address your computer gets and and allows you to have lots of those on your home network or your business network, and then one I your your ISP gives you one public address. Right. Yeah, and they all they all translate to that. Um NAT is one of those things, though, that we have come to learn side benefits, I think, of. And it was kind of like a blessing in disguise. Yeah, Because is there is some inherent security in, yeah. like you said, if I don't punch a hole yeah. in, the, in, the, in the router to overload a specific port into there's, the internal IP, there's, inherent there's no inherent security way to get to. in having non-routable IP. Exactly. That's just... Yeah, right. Yeah, that's, I guess that's more succinct. Yeah. All right. You can do a stateful firewall. Yes. But yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it would just change the way you, change the way you do the... It would change it. Right. It'd be a big change. All right, so let's talk about Googs. Um, you know, I, I I'm kind of all in these days with Google. Again, after after pulling way way out and really trying to de-Googleify my life for a while, I'm now kind of living the other coin side of that coin, and I'm going all in. And I'm probably going to try to do this for a little while, just so that way I feel like I have a what's what's life with all Google services, what's mm-hmm. life without Google services. I got to be honest. I'm telling you, life is a little bit easier with the Google services so far. Yeah. And one thing that's going to make it a little more comfortable for me is you can now download your Google history and keep it offline for yourself and then delete it off of Googs. This is really nice. There's definitely some – when you delete your Google history, you'll lose some, like, uh, some customized, some now features. But I think this is pretty neat. Uh, you, get the, you get to keep this for yourself now if you want, uh, which has recently been added. So that's kind of nice. 
I just wanted to let you guys know if you're concerned about your Google search history but you don't want to get rid of it for some reason, you can go in there. And uh, have you ever looked at this dashboard, this interface? No. Have you ever looked at their location tracking stuff? Do you trust this? Yeah. Okay. I, I think because they're a publicly traded company and because this part is so crucial to their brand, if they blew this... They, they would so much trust would be lost with Google that that seems like yeah. that would be so detrimental. If you lose fundamental trust in Google, then all of a sudden you're going to stop using Gmail, Docs. You might even mm-hmm. stop using Search. Yeah, but I mean that is the, that has been the conversation for years. Is everyone says, well, Google's uh, Google might has the power to to screw a lot of people, and at the same time we look back and say, well, the first time they screw somebody, everyone would catch on and then we'll dump it, but. I feel like we they have little nabs at people along the way, and we just kind of well. What they do is out. they they slowly encroach, like they yeah. make you more comfortable. Yeah. It's the boiling frog, yeah. right? Thing. Right. Yeah. Uh, I I the reason why I think this is legit is mm-hmm. here's okay. Let me back up. What I believe this is in terms of if this is legit is this is probably an extraction of what they have of on you, right? Mm-hmm. They probably yeah. literally have millions of data points on all of yeah. us that use Google services mm-hmm. le- regularly, and then they can extract all of that into some core things. These are your searches. These are how many emails you have. This is how many conversation threads you have. This is how many contacts you have. Mm-hmm. This is where you've been in the last uh, year. They, they know all of it, yeah. and uh, if you have Android, and they give that all to you in sort of this extracted sort of probably several layers up version of what they know mm-hmm, on you. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Um, sure. I don't, so yeah, yeah. Like, I, 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 don't, fair. I don't want to show the stream because it's pretty, it's pretty, it's very, uh, it's pretty intense. But have you ever been to the uh, location history area? No. I, this is the first time I'm seeing this actually. All right. Oh, yeah. So, the, so you know about the Google dashboard, right? <laughs> I was aware of it. I've never actually. This might it. be something, this is something I recommend people that use Google from time to time, even if you're just a casual Google user. Mm-hmm. Uh, just search your Gmail. This is really worth going to. It's google.com slash dashboard. And I think you should all probably go check this out if you're logged into your Google account right now. And when you're there, you'll see, uh, here's your account information. Here's like, here's uh, how many AdSense products I have. Uh-huh. Here's how many analytics accounts I have. Here's how many Android devices I have, which this is, look, look at that, nine Android devices. That's ridiculous. Wow. Does, um, now, now, can you take those out as you get rid of them? Or will Google get rid of them and say, Chris gave this phone to, to Matt or to I don't know. I don't, okay. I don't know. I've never tried. You want to know something... Uh, you want to know something really scary? I have 11 Android devices, evidently. Check this out. You know, you know how you're a big use of uh, voice dictation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, oh, no. every... Okay, Google. Give me Max oh, Everett Washington. Oh, no. That's us no. last night. That's you and me last oh, night driving. No. Everything you've ever said in a transcript Yikes. Is, on, is available for you to listen to. And it's really embarrassing. And, it, and what it thinks yeah. it got, it'll play that back for you, too. What it, what, so it'll give you what it thought the transcription was. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, and like, I was looking for. I was looking for the one that uh, where it said uh, "kill my wife." Let's see if I can. It doesn't let you search it, but there was one. Remember where it, it mistranslated to "I'm coming to kill you." <laughs> yeah. 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 That one. Uh, so here's a. Yeah. So this is so okay. So go to Google.com/dashboard. So there's an example. You can look at all of your audio dictations you've done. Here's my Chrome bookmark information. So now. Uh, the one I want you to kind of get down to, because make sure your head's okay with this one. There's search history. That's where you would delete your search history. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's all my doc information. Here's my wallet. Do you use Google Wallet at all? I do, one? yeah. Yeah, there's all your Google Wallet transaction and information. So if you ever wanted to look at that. Man. Yeah, this is, they, this is the, I mean, in a way, it's nice that they give you all of this, right? I mean, they're not hiding I don't know. it from I, it, Ignorance is bliss sometimes, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I really recommend people go in there and spend a lot of money on toys. I see that. 
No. <laughs> I don't like this. Uh, all right. So then the other one you can go to is maps.google.com slash location history. Mm-hmm. And now take a look. I'm not going to show this on the stream, no, because this will show my house and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But here's a calendar, and I can just go through the week and look. Oh, Google wow. will show me everywhere I went. <laughs> You're a working man. <laughs> That's a straight line back and forth. Yeah, yeah. See there, but look, there's you and I going down to SeaTac to pick up mm-hmm. Mr. Sis uh, mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. And then there's us going out to dinner. Um, there's me. Look at that. So this shows you, and you can play it back in real time. Maps.google.com slash location history. Maps.google.com slash location history. And uh, like, uh, yeah, look at that. That's when That was when you and I went out to dinner on Sunday. We went out to So Google probably knows then, based on this, that you and I are in cahoots at least to some degree, right? Yeah, because it has your, all your stuff in there, too. I'm, I'm looking at that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, this is they. Uh, this is this is literally, if you look down here at the timeline, look, at look Noah, I can scroll through the timeline and look. It'll move through my location area minute by minute. Look at, they're tracking me down to the minute there. Look at that, Noah. Look, and look, this, this, this bar down... Sorry, I'm not showing this to you guys, but I just don't want to show you where I live. Uh, this bar down here at the bottom indicates my, my movement activity level. You and can you show can the just, nook, you can show mine, because I've been in Seattle the whole oh, okay. time. so let me see if I can. Oh, yeah, that's a great... Well, just make sure you're not showing one where you're at my house. The studio, I don't oh, care yeah. if you share. Oh, uh, yeah, actually, never mind. Sure? I, we can pull it up, if there's just one... No, it goes... It goes I, yeah. I was at your house every day, so. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, but it's fascinating... Uh, <laughs> well, you guys, you guys have shown it before. So, uh, But anyways, there's tons of stuff to go look at. You, so the one is google.com slash dashboard and maps.google.com slash location history. The only reason I bring it up is you just need to be sure you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Because I, you know what? I don't think the majority of Android users have any idea. Well, I mean, unless you live under a rock these days, you have to be aware that your location is being transmitted. But did you think you could go there and play back minute by minute where you've been all day? I didn't think I could. I think for the last five or six years, I've been pretty confident that law enforcement yeah. or the, the government could if they yeah. wanted to. I just wonder what they do with that information. All right, speaking of Google, one more uh, Google story before we get out of here. They're making big changes this week that's going to, they say, usher in the m- a new era of mobile search. Google's new search algorithms taking effect this week have a chance to cause some major headaches for businesses without mobile-ready websites. So get ready for this. If your site doesn't look good on mobile, you're going to get major dings now in Google's search rankings. How's AltaSpeed looking on for mobile? Yeah. <laughs> Not so good. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't I mean, worry, I got it, Noah. Yeah, uh, there was a. Uh, this is coming from GeekWire.com. Uh, they ran a study of ten thousand search queries and found that seventy percent of sites on the first results page were identified as Google as mobile friendly. The algorithm change signals a bigger shift by Google towards separating its mobile and desktop search results because tomorrow's change will only affect searches run from mobile devices. But as you probably already know, the majority of searches are begin or mobile is uh, becoming number one for a lot of searches, and Google's continuing to push that forward. Small businesses also that want to reach out to customers often have to have web content optimized for the multi-world screen. And it's funny because, you know, this is something I've seen with – I don't think this is something small businesses quite expected to hit them as strong as – I think a lot of times people thought, uh, I'm not a big business, so I don't have to worry about a mobile site. Yeah. And then, of course, it turns out that a lot of people, their primary computing is being done on a smartphone. And if they want to find out about a local business, they're looking you up on their smartphone. You know, actually, I'm thinking about it. I think – uh, the the place that we use to do our website actually automatically does a mobile site. I've never actually visited it, but the other va- the advantage <laughs> right. the, yeah. the advantage to me right is that the truth is we don't get our customers from the internet. No no business right. that's contracting with us is going IT services in Grand Forks. Yeah. Right, they're asking other people in that area yeah. and saying who do you have, and then they get our, us as a recommendation. I so. just don't like. Um, it just feels so weird how Google's like, oh well, 
So we know you've been doing your site stuff this way for uh, your entire site's existence, but starting tomorrow, um, because you do your site that way, you're not going to show up very well in our searches. It's like, yeah. ah, it hurts. Now I have to change the way my business uh, essentially presents its yeah. front door especially, so that way I can show up in the phone book. And, and essentially because a lot of your a lot of your clientele, if not to say that people don't interact with JB on the mobile platform, but they're doing it through things like Pocket Casts, yeah. right? But anytime they're visiting the website, right. chances are that's being done on a desktop. Yeah. And thus you want it optimized for a desktop. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they're going to be dinging desktop search results initially. I think they're only mm-hmm. going to be dinging mobile. And that does make sense to filter yeah. it out a little better there. But right. even still... Like, what does Google use to qualify as mobile-ready? Do they qualify my site, jupiterbroadcasting.com? Because it is um, responsive. It'll, re- it'll redesign itself to fit on a mobile screen, but it's also WordPress. So maybe it's not... Huh? Oh, you do know? You, it's, it's, yeah, it's purely about the way it's laid out. So if you have... Um, it it, it detects on it like where the content, how far far apart the content is from like the photos and things like that. So it is. So it's actually responsive is mobile. They are they are actually rendering the site then, and then and then yes. analyzing the spacing on your website. Yes. Wow, that is some serious bot work. Mm-hmm. Wow, their callers have been able to do JavaScript for quite a while. I think. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, Google's has a tool that you can actually go check yourself to see if it is going to be, uh, you know, accepted as a mobile site or not. So that way, you don't wreck yourself when this happens. Ba-dum-ba. Right. So that, that you can go and say, okay, here's they'll even list out what you don't have right and how to fix it. Great. So uh, have you checked us out yet? <laughs> yeah, there's some issues, but it's it's it, it's it'll it classifies as mobile. Woo! Ah, you're set. Yeah, makes perfect sense for Google to do this, though. Yeah, I can especially see it if they don't start dinging desktop sites, right? That that's that would be where I think things get a little weird. And and honestly, I mean, it kind of is time. Like, I I definitely came to this conclusion when I was uh, working with a small business recently, and I, you know, it's it, it's like, oh yeah, I never. There's so many there's so many people on mobile now mm-hmm. that it's it really is seriously. I think it's. It's kind of it's gotten to the point where it's not just like a, a hipster d bag thing to to make your site responsive. It's kind of like if you want to cater to a significant percentage of your audience, you have to make your site responsive. So I, I have talked to people. Sorry, Noah. I have no, talked to people who work for you know big services, and they say, yeah, that our um, user base is growing every month, but our desktop user base doesn't change. Yeah, exactly. All the new users that come in that are right. Um, right. mobile, they're phones and tablets. So you kind of have to, like, this is something that has been going for a while. So if you want to stay significant, uh, you have to cater to mobile users. That's just the reality of the business right now. So I don't disagree with that because I do a lot of stuff on my phone. But, you know, in IPv6, I, I'm saying let's go forward. In this, I'm going to be the old fuddy-duddy that says, you know what? I pull out my phone. When I go to a site, I'm looking for that full desktop button. I know you are. Um, but uh, I, I I, think, and I don't have a lot of experience in this area, but I think um, there is a there is a larger percentage of users who really just don't want to spend a lot of time sitting in front of a large screen. Yeah. And in fact, for some people, it's worth avoiding the large screen. In fact, for some people, it's kind of a point of pride that they don't spend a lot of time in front of a large screen. So that means they... I mean, I know people that don't even have a computer in their house because they just mm-hmm. can do it on their phone now. And this is, I think, becoming more and more common. And I don't think it's all that weird because if you can do essentially all of your contacts, all of your can- calendaring, all of... All of your like uh, your 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 uh, messaging and your web browsing on your phone, mm-hmm. and you already have a data plan, so you don't have to have an ISP, mm-hmm. and you don't have a lot of expendable income. Yeah, this that is that might be the majority of America. Yeah, 
I might have just summarized like the vast majority of the United the, the populace of the United States of America. Well, so I know, think it's pretty common. Yeah, we know desktop uses is going down, mobile uses is going up. My I, what I'm saying is I think people who even prefer to use a desktop is going down. People like you who are like I just want to get the, people like oh, you and I me. I completely agree. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. People like me, if I'm yeah. going to stay somewhere overnight, I pack a laptop, yeah. right? That those kinds of people. Oh, I agree. Minority. Alex is the same way. I mean, he only goes off his phone or his tablet. Yeah. Uh, uh, Q5 says in the chat room brings up a good point. He says, why not filter the search results based on the device type? We can identify. Well, that's what kind of what they're going to do. Google will be displaying. What Google's going to do is if you search on mobile, like mm-hmm. if you open up your phone and you do the mobile search, uh, that's where they're going to start dropping off all non-mobile friendly sites more and mobile friendly sites are going to bump them up. Okay. That's where they're going to start doing that at. Uh, now, the 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 undeniable consequence of that is some desktop sites will be impacted by that because those sites are going to have to make changes to be competitive in that mobile search. Okay. So desktop web browsing, desktop search, desktop sites are going to have some impact as they're going to have to sort of make their sites mobile relevant so that way they don't get totally dinged in the mobile so search. So I guess that's what he's I guess that's what he was getting at. Keep the rankings the same, but just only display when you search from a mobile device yeah. only show the hmm. Wouldn't it be nice if that was just a user-controlled setting? How about that? Yeah. Like, wow, you know, they have that little happen. gear. Let me just tap that thing down and just, just like where I can turn safe search on and off. Yeah. Let me I don't, set I don't think that's going to happen. But. Hmm. You know, I'll tell you what, what could happen. What could happen? Support from our audience over at patreon.com slash today. Help support the Jupiter Broadcasting Network. Let's move that up a few, maybe before Linux Fest Northwest. And man, is it getting crazy up in here. Is it crazy up in here, Noah? It's nuts. It's crazy. It's it's like hurry up and wait, though, because it's yeah. like we had so we go, many go, things go, to go, get done. Yeah, we had so many things yeah. to get done, then all of a sudden it's like a lull. Yeah, although and today now, we're gonna, you're going to be doing two shows. Right. And so. then, well, and not to mention playing uh, chauffeur for the airport. Right. Yeah. 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 Alan comes in tonight. Yep. Yep. And then uh, Blaster tomorrow? Mm-hmm. And then uh, Rotten, Rotten on Thursday? Right. And, and, and then, then Michael, Michael on Friday. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so next year we'll do it a little differently. That's a lot of driving. Yeah. Next year we'll, we're going to just yeah. say, like, try to arrive at these couple of days and just say, <laughs> yeah. Here are the times we'll be at the airport. Yes, exactly. <laughs> If you arrive before or after them, you will wait until Lesson learned. <laughs> Lesson learned. Lesson learned. No, it's uh, no big you'll deal. You'll be sleeping in the airport. Yeah. If you'd no. like to help uh, Noah's gas bill, patreon.com slash today. Uh, actually, that supports all of the shows, not just the Fest and Future Fest, but all of the kind of endeavors that we are undertaking. It lets us stay a little weird so that way we don't have to get too commercial. We can be honest and keep it real to our audience. Literally. It keeps you guys in charge, well, at least 475 of you, and you get access to the Patreon exclusives that we put up there from time to time on the activity feed. Patreon.com slash today is where you go. Any dollar amount would help. Starting at $3 is great, all the way up to the Swag Club. How are we doing on the Swag Club? Oh, we still have a couple of spots left. We have, tw- we have about 20 spots left in the Swag Club. I don't call it the Swag Club anymore. I call it uh, I call it the the Christmas All Year Round Club. Yeah, stuff just that's re- what it feels Super like Super broadcasting me. stuff randomly yeah, shows up. I, yeah. I feel like I'm like, ooh, I got a package, but yeah. I did not order anything, yeah. and I've spent no money. How did I get this package? And then I open it up, and there's a toy. Boom, right there. Yeah, it's thing. like, you'll, and it's funny, and it's funny, too, because what happens is, like, as Linux Fest comes, you know, we sort of, the network sort of goes into, like, hunker down, and everybody focuses, and all of our attention kind of goes into that. But then when we're done, like, we've made all these swag contacts, we have all these ideas and like mm-hmm. then it's really for like the rest of the year we just have ideas for the patrons it's kind of like yeah. and we'll have like extra stuff we can send out from time to time mm-hmm. uh, and also if you're going to be at Linux Fest Northwest we'd love to have you come by and say hi just stop and interrupt us if we're doing something or tune into the live stream we'll be streaming jblive.tv Saturday and Sunday from Linux Fest Northwest and uh, I think you guys will enjoy it anything else we should touch on before we get out of here Noah I think we covered a ton all right so uh, I th- everything right now as far as I know is on schedule for Tech Talk, but the, I stay flexible with this audience because we are doing a lot of driving around and we have a lot going on. We may miss an episode or two this week. I am planning to be here tomorrow morning. You want to join me tomorrow? Sure. If you're not on the road, geez, Louise, Noah. Yeah. Jeez. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I might be. 
It might be um, Alex is coming in tomorrow morning. Yeah. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we will. But uh, either way, you can check jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. Help us uh, get some end of show clips or stories that you might want to hear us talk about. Go to techtalktoday.reddit.com, jblive.tv, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. Don't forget about that mumble room if you want to talk about the stories we're covering. We'd love to have you here. And uh, join us later today for Linux Unplugged at uh, 2 p.m. Pacific. Okay, everybody, thank you so much for being here. I'll leave you with a classic Commodore 64 commercial from 1985. And, yeah, I had one of these connected to a black-and-white television, if I recall. It was pretty bad. I don't even know what's